What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Logos Podcast. I'm Max. I am Sam. I am Groot. I am Groot. If only Groot was here. <laughs> uh, on today's episode, we have a discussion on happiness. Mm. Uh, but before we go into that topic, we got to tell bad news. We have it's a not really bad story. news. Good it's just and like, yeah, a fun well, story, a sad yeah. story. It's a, a real, a real death, <laughs> embarrassing, and re- real Probably death and resurrection story. <laughs> a, yeah, real nice and, and crystallogical. Yeah. All right. So I'll I'll do my best to tell this story like very short and like yeah. to the point. Make it ba- quick, okay. So we needed a whiteboard for this podcast and thing. We do these like prep sessions where we want because we want to tell you guys good information. So we write some stuff down, you know. And so there's a whiteboard just kind of hanging out in a classroom at. Uh, the seminary and we're like hey man like let's just go take that because they have a whiteboard right behind it like they have enough they have a chalkboard whiteboard on the wall like we'll just take this one so me and max just stroll in there one day and we just take it <laughs> and it's in our little <laughs> podcasting room and it's all good right so not all seminarians steal just an fyi it wasn't stealing we just kind of repurposed this repurposed whiteboard. It. yes exactly so you know a couple weeks repurposed. go by and we have a professor here who is just kind of like making a fuss like hey like this whiteboard's gone and he's like post about it on, on uh, Instagram. He put a picture up about like, I had to go back to stone age chalk. Did he really? Yeah. I didn't even yeah. See yeah, dude. And uh, so we're, me and Max are sweating. We're like, okay, like we took this thing and we're like, so what should we, should we give it back? Like, what do we do? I think Max was sitting with him at breakfast yeah, one day, was, right Max? Yeah. yeah. Oh, but this is scary. Cause we were sitting at the table. He's like, yeah, me and this, me and this woman that works around here are trying to figure out, uh, you know, what happened to this, to this whiteboard. Um, because, we don't, nobody knows where it is and I need it for class today. <laughs> and I'm like, father, what time, what time is, uh, <clears throat> time is your class? Today? <laughs> yeah. What time is your class today? And he's like, and I, I, I was trying to be nonchalant and in my, in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, we gotta, <laughs> you're freaking out. Yeah. I'm like, we oh my, I'll text you. I'm like, guys, we gotta, we gotta do something about this yeah. quick. Yeah. So we're sweating about it all day. And, uh, then we wake up the next morning to an email to everybody in the seminary, which is kind of a big deal. It's a big deal. And it's like, <laughs> hey, this whiteboard's missing. So if anybody knows anything, like I need to know and get it back from this. Uh, like she's like a maintenance person. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, all right, guys, like, I have to email this. So I, I had to send this lady an email like, hey, I know where this whiteboard is. And like <laughs> then uh, email the priest who was looking for because she mentioned the priest like specifically. And he's my foreman. I'm like, hey, father, look like, uh, yeah. I took your whiteboard. Your friends, at, <laughs> your friends at Logos podcast uh. took your whiteboard. So, anyways, we had me and Max had to do, you know, take it back, and oh, this is everybody's laughing at us. They were in the kitchen and stuff, yeah. and then now we have this other chalkboard that Joey. Came the resurrection. Out of no, you know, I don't know where'd this you get this chalkboard. I know a guy oh, who sells chalkboards. Like the same guy that we know that we got. <laughs> no, a it's board? I mysteriously found this chalkboard at a random place in the school, and hopefully, no one else okay. needs it. So, so we've so. repurposed another <laughs> chalkboard. Hopefully, nobody needs now. this one back. I think right. chalk's more sophisticated, anyways. So I think we'll be better off. We're glassy men around here. All right, let's tell. Let's, let's, let's talk about happiness. Talk about man. happiness, man. That's uh, it's a big topic. What is happiness? Everyone, everyone wants to be happy, man. That's like the you classic ever, question. You ever noticed that? I have actually. You ever heard that question, like? Kids at an elementary school. Yeah. Hey, what do you guys want to be when you grow up? And the little kid says, "Happy." <laughs> like, dude, that's such a generic answer. Dude. It's a generic, but it's true. No, it's it like is. quite the task. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, I was thinking about this. It's kind of literally every single human being, I think, who's ever existed, has wanted to be happy. They ask. They at the very least ask themselves like the question of what is the purpose of life at some point. Right. We got to ask that question at some that's, point. That's like the that's like the overarching like question, right? What is what are what is this about? Why am I here? Why am I here? What do I want? Yeah. You know. And this seems to be the common thing that everyone wants is happiness. And when we act, we act for happiness. Yeah. So what what does Aristotle say about it? Yeah. So okay. 
Full uh, disclosure, Aristotle, smart guy. He lived when? Uh, 300 BC. 300 BC. 300 BC. Around yeah, my time. Come on, dude. Give me some sunlight here. No, dude. I was trying to ask Max to give him, you know, Thank a you. softball. Sorry, sorry, but, sorry. Uh, but Sam took it. No, so Aristotle, really wise guy, recognized that all human beings seem to be desiring happiness. And so what does he he, he tries to figure out what happiness is. He starts uh, one of his most, uh, one of his pivotal, pivotal works uh, called the Nicomachean Ethics. Or Nicomachean oh, Ethics. Yeah. It's the hardest word in the world to say. It. Okay. No one knows how Anyways, it's pronounced. He begins the book, um, or at least one of the chapters in the book, by stating, um, what is the purpose of life? You know, He asked that question. He asked that question. Mm-hmm. And, and so he's like, he asked that question to himself almost, mm-hmm. right? And he, he ends up saying that happiness is the purpose of life. That it, we're made for happiness. We're made for happiness. Happiness is that which all men seek for its own sake, right? So that, that last qualifier is a big deal. Yeah, so right? that happiness is that which all men seek, and it's that which all men seek for, for its, its own, own sake. sake. Yes, particularly. It's a big deal because yeah, right. we seek a lot of things. Correct. But a lot of the other things we seek, we seek for the sake of something else. We seek for the sake of, like I get up out of bed in the morning and and go to school because I think going to school is going to eventually set me up in a good position to, I don't know, get a job. And then eventually, eventually that's going to ultimately conduce to make me happy. Right. And that's what I want ultimately. Right. That's what I want for its own sake. This this applies to everything. Right. So Joe's example is just one. But this applies to all things we do. Yeah. Right. We get up in the morning. We get ready to go to school, go to, you know, work, go to whatever we're doing so that we can go there and have a good community of friends, you know, to have good meals and to provide for our friends or family and to, you know, kind of build build our lives up and develop as human beings. So us to be happy. Right. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So and then I think this is a good place to talk about Aristotle. Like he has these four things that men think happiness are these four like big things that everybody usually puts their time into, but it's not happiness itself. Uh, right. Because, because everyone like, so, okay. It's, it's kind of crazy. Every action that human beings do is done ultimately for the sake of being happy. Right. We do things because we think eventually it's going to help make us happy. Yeah. Right. And, but not a lot of us know what it really is that's going to make us happy in the end. So Aristotle observes in kind of humankind that a lot of people seek the wrong things when they're trying to be happy. So what does he say? Yeah. So we have the first one is wealth. Ah. Second one's pleasure. Classic. Third one's power. Also classic. And the fourth one is honor. (laughs) Also a classic. Yeah. So, I mean, he really does hit the nail on the head here. I mean, and I think we can even apply this to our own lives where we would put our, our effort into one of these four things and what do we end up feeling empty? Just like Aristotle said we would back in 300 BC, yeah. but we still do it. Guy. But we think these things are going to make us happy, or at least a lot of people do, or yeah. we do at various times. So like wealth, right. that's like everyone <laughs> always thinks that money is going to be what they Wait, need, right? Joe, so you're telling me a lake house in a chocolate lab and a nice boat are not going to make me happy. Well, <laughs> <laughs> to a certain extent, it sounds right? pretty nice. No, it'll make you, it'll bring you some sort of, some yeah. sort of happiness, yes. but it won't bring you that yeah. ultimate happiness. No. Right? right. And, um, and okay. So, the, so, okay. We can check wealth off the list because if happiness is that, which all men seek for its own sake, yeah. we know that wealth cannot equal happiness no. because wealth is something that we seek as a as means th- to, to enable us to do something more. Correct. We seek, money so that we can do things with that money. Correct. Yeah. So wealth by definition cannot be what mm-hmm. happiness consists in. And I, a cool little example I would give is a little kid asks for like Christmas money yeah. to buy a game. Right. Or, or something like that. Right. You know? He doesn't just want the money no. for the money. Right. 
So, but, but you see this in people, especially like really wealthy people, like the millionaire, what's the first thing he wants is to become a billionaire, mm, right? Because true. like he, he gets fixated on accumulating this wealth. So, okay. So it's not wealth. Right. One pleasure. I think obviously in the popular culture, this is an easy one to talk about. People are always seeking like what's going to make them feel good yeah. next. And they want it like as much as possible. Right. Right. I guess, uh, just dropping a philosophical term there would be called hedonism. Hedonism, hedonism. Is, uh, is what we mean. If somebody says that's a hedonistic culture, they're saying that it's a culture that chases only pleasure, pleasure. and like the sensual pleasures, right? Sensual pleasures. So yeah. I think we really don't have to talk about this one that much because I think you should be able to see that people who are only seeking sensual pleasures are typically miserable because they have to, you know, yeah. always be like, stimulated with one of the They're senses. They're not fulfilled. And when it, when they get the pleasure, it passes away quickly and yeah. leaves them feeling desiring just more of the same yeah, thing. Yeah. And oftentimes it causes, I mean, it causes catastrophic things. Yeah. You see this all the time through famous people's lives who are pursuing these pleasures and it just right. doesn't play out. Yeah. Right. It doesn't play out. We do yeah. want to say though, that pleasure in and of itself is not a bad thing. No. Right. 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 Yes. So we want to make this distinction because I think a lot of people think that Christians would say that you should never feel pleasure ever. <laughs> and that's not right. Like no. pleasure is a good thing when it's properly ordered right. to our ultimate happiness. And, and when we make when we make the mistake of thinking that our up, our ultimate happiness consists in experiencing pleasure, yeah. that's when we're going to go wrong. As a matter right. of fact, there's a there's a cool little line that St. Thomas has on the question of anxiety. Yeah. Like they ask him, "How do you reveal anxiety?" He says the two ways to reveal anxiety is to have a nice glass of wine and a warm shower, how a you warm re- bath, how actually. You, how you relieve anxiety. Yeah, how you okay. relieve anxiety is you get a nice glass of wine and a bath. Yeah, so pleasures, right? Boom, we, like very practical beautiful. things that yeah. when you're feeling sad, you know, yeah. you know, have a, have a listen shower. Listen to music. Right, listen beautiful to music. Pleasure, so yeah. these things, so pleasure's good yeah. in, a, in, a, in, a, in a properly ordered way. Right, yeah. And what, what's the next one, Sam? The next one's power. So I think, again, this is an easy one to look at. I think people... Uh, like if you think of like politicians or whatever, yeah, or man. even just like influencers out there, like they want to tell you what's right and what's good and they want power because it helps them like get their message out there and like mm-hmm. almost like kind of bring stuff into themselves. Yep. That makes yeah. Sense. Yeah. But how many politicians start again, start seeking power for yeah. its own sake. Yeah. yeah. They just want to get as much power as they can yeah. because they think that power is going to make them and happy. It's cyclical in its logic because like, like Joe brought up earlier, the millionaire wants to be a billionaire, wants to be a trillionaire, wants to, and all of a sudden like, okay, this, this money is good, but I also want to provide for all these things. And right. I was, I was thinking about like uh, Jeff Bezos, um, not too long ago, talked about that, like, he, like, wants to spend more time with his family. Yeah. And he only wants to make three big choices a day. You know, he has the means to do that. Right. Right. He has the money to empower to do that. But, like, that's not it. He wanted something more than that. Yeah. Like, all you the know? wealth was not yeah. enough. He all the power like, he has. He yeah. has so much power in yeah. society. And that's so, not all he yeah, wants. Yeah. So, wealth and power, they're very similar. Right. But power, again, cannot be happiness because it's a means to a further end. Correct. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess we're just moving to the last one is honor again, uh, very close to power, but honor, you know, doing things. So people say, wow, look at that guy or whatever. Yeah. You know, honor, like, prestige, reputation. Right. Yeah. Um, and the problem with this Aristotle mentions, I think very, um, very wisely as he tends to be <laughs> is, um, you know, honor is completely dependent upon other people. Right. Right. So I can never like, say I'm, I'm super happy only when other people think well of me. Mm-hmm. Well, that means as soon as other people's opinion changes, yeah. I'm no longer happy. Right. And so he says happiness can't be, happiness is something that's stable. Like we're seeking something that's stable yeah. and that we want for its own sake. And so, so if we're, if, if we place all of our, you know, weight in, you know, trying to get other people to like us, other people's approval, yeah. 
it's uh, it's not we're not it's not going to bode well for us. Yeah. Even though if we're living a good virtuous life, right, a symptom of that will be that other people think well of us. And and many people, I mean, we know this innately, right? Like I see it all the times, like as motivational quotes, like don't look to society or for right. others to accept you. Yeah, like, you accept yourself. Yeah, as long as you know who you are, and to some extent that's true. To some extent that's you true. Know, you there's, know, like your identity is not found in other people. Right. right? And and he distinguishes. And another interesting thing is that he noticed that honor is not as Joe mentioned. Um, at least implicitly, is not in the one that's being honored, but in the one doing the honoring. Right, 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 right. So, um, yeah, that's, a, that's an important little distinction there, and I think it really helps draw out this kind of idea. Okay, so, so we got to move on, right? So if it's not these four things, then what is happiness? Well, for, for Aristotle, he kind of uses this Greek term as eudaimonia. Eudaimonia. What that's in, that's the world in English, that we spell that E-U-D-I-M-O-N-I-A. Actually, Just, I have a confession. Okay, so confess i'm not sure if that's right I all just right it might not be right <laughs> i just wanted to make sure we knew like the word it, i know that's it's pronounced right but i don't you know if it's right. i think that's right that yeah. sounds right no, we, sounds we right. take greek we kind of can we get know. a sense I, I trust you sambo but okay so he says first right okay so he's gone through all these things this is what happiness is not it's not wealth it's not pleasure it's not honor it's not power yeah what he does to kind of figure out what happiness is it's this really i think a sophisticated move where he says okay if we're going to find out what human fulfillment what human happiness looks like we have to examine what the highest faculties of human beings are right so what makes human beings distinct from the rest of creation the rest of the animals the rest of the world is our we have these two capacities right we have an intellect and we have a will Mm -hmm. we we can know things we can know the truth and we can love we can love the good and so he says what if 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 human beings are going to be happy, it's going to involve a use of these two highest faculties. Right. And he calls this use. Yeah, eudaimonia. And so like an important distinction here, right? In in, in the classical American approach to happiness, right? Yeah. The pursuit of happiness, as right. we oftentimes say. We think of it as this like receptivity, the state of, of this state of mind. Right? Yeah. Like I'm drinking a beer with my bros. Right, and I'm happy. I'm eating a nice fat cheeseburger, and I'm happy. I'm with my family, and I'm happy. I feel good. Uh, yeah, right. And so, like, it's almost like this passive state of being. Like, we're receiving these things external to us, and it's kind of coming in us, and we're happy. Right. right. But eudaimonia has a has a different different uh, different attribute, different quality to it. Right. Um, and happiness itself was is is a is a mistranslation because eudaimonia is, is talking about an activity. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. not a passive state of mind. Right. It's a dynamic. It's an action. It's an action. It's dynamic. So, um, so as Joe said, we have the intellect and the will as two distinguishing factors of man. Yeah. Right. So we know the good and we act towards said good. Yeah. And it's this perpetual action that we seek. Eudaimonia. Yeah. So right, we, it's like a human flourishing. Right, right. It's, 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 the, it's the human being kind of like firing on all cylinders, like, like acting to his, you know, to his full capacity, knowing the truth and loving the good. Yeah. And so he says this is what, this is what happiness is. Yeah. So if it doesn't lie in wealth, doesn't lie in pleasure, doesn't lie in power, and doesn't lie in honor, where does it lie? Right. It's, it's almost like Aristotle's like, okay, yeah, it's, it's just like this human flourishing, and it's like contemplating the good and like doing the good, right? And it's like, I still feel kind of like, <laughs> like okay, okay. Well, we we will say that that does have value, right? Like oh, absolutely. No, stuff, I don't want to. Yeah, that is really that is, and and it, and it brings a kind of certain like pleasure with it, right? Like when we right. learn a truth, or like when we recognize something to be good, and mm-hmm. 
like it brings a certain pleasure and a, and a real happiness, like a higher kind of happiness yeah. that we get when we just like eat a good cheeseburger. Yeah. But but uh, but is but is that the final answer? Is that really what happiness is, Sam? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no, and I'm gonna lock that answer. In. <laughs> Boom. All right, final answer. No, this is not. So Aristotle was really smart. And he got a lot of stuff right. Yeah, he did he actually. Matter did. of fact, yeah. So, but uh, but but I think this is a bit incomplete um, because, for one thing, as we know, we want a happiness that's gonna last, stable. right? Yeah. We want a happiness that once we get it, we weren't we're not gonna be afraid of losing it. It's gonna be constant. And so, um, so like, okay, so he says, you know, happiness is knowing the truth and loving the good. It's contemplating the highest truth. It's basically. Sam said, it's basically like doing philosophy, right? right. That's, that's what Aristotle says happiness is, is this activity. Yeah. But even, even then, like, okay, I can do some philosophy and experience this human flourishing, or I can contemplate the truth and mm-hmm. experience this human flourishing. But eventually I'm going to have to go to sleep. Or right. eat. Or eat. Yeah. Or like work so that I can make money to sustain myself. Mm-hmm. So it can't be, at least in this life, it can't be constant, right? It can't be mm-hmm. final in the, in this life. So I think Aristotle's final definition a bit incomplete. Right. Um, it just makes you feel like, Oh, well that's like, he's right, but he's like, you're like yearning for more. Right. Yeah. It's limited. Right. So then I guess let's just, who, who answers it for us? Well, Aquinas does, right? Thomas Aquinas. Aqu- yeah. Aquinas uses a lot of Aristotelian themes and he borrows basically most of the stuff Aristotle's saying. But when we talk about this, like eudaimonia now Aquinas doesn't actually use that term that I'm aware of, but he talks about, you know, that infinite, goodness that we're yearning for is God, right? right. That, 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 that ultimate happiness is, lies with God alone. Yeah. So he says, you know, we're not just seeking finite, finite yeah, goods, goods and we're not just seeking finite truth. We have this desire within ourselves that is infinite and that cannot be satisfied in this life is what Aquinas is. So he accepts everything Aristotle says as true in a certain way, right? Like Aristotle got this stuff right when he's talking about the human condition and what mm. fulfills us and what doesn't. But he says it's incomplete because we have this infinite desire yeah. that can't be satisfied in anything that this world of itself has to offer us. Yeah. Right, and I think uh, the most famous quote that kind of sums that up is Augustine, St. Right? Augustine, yeah. Lord, you have made us for yourself, therefore our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. So mm. that's exactly what he's mm. saying, right? Beautiful quote. It's a good quote. Oh I gosh. wish I came up with it, but I'm glad Augustine came up with it. No, I mean, seriously, I mean, and that's, that's one you can like pray with all the time. And that's one that's like, it never gets old is our hearts are restless until they rest in the Lord. Like we're seeking God. We're seeking the infinite truth. Well, Augustine says they rest in thee. So it's yeah. in like the second person. Yeah, he's talking. He's he's praying. He's he's, praying. he's, he's in dialogue yeah. with his creator. Yeah, yeah. So it's like even more intimate in that regard. Yeah. So so recognizing this, um, Aquinas, as we mentioned, Thomas Aquinas, writing, you know, he wrote in the 12th century or in the 13th century. He died in uh, 1274. Um, Thomas Aquinas did. Okay, that's a little flex that I know what year <laughs> he died in. But it's honestly, awesome. kind of a nerd move. Sorry. All right, all right. <laughs> but he died. So he's writing, you know, 1500 years after Aristotle. And he, you know, kind of builds on what Aristotle um, kind of talked about. And, but he kind of, a, he, he adjusts it to a properly Christian framework, recognizing yeah. that we're not made for this world alone. Yeah, we're made right. for eternity. Okay. All right. So here's what we got. We got basically, we got happiness and we got Aquinas saying, okay, Happiness lies in God alone, who is an infinite good. So what does that happiness entail while we're on earth? Well, I got this book called The Catechism that helps us out, right? Paragraph 1721, Mm. it says, God put us in the world to know, to love, and to serve him. 
and so to come to paradise. Beatitude makes us partakers of the divine nature and of eternal life. Right? So I think that's a beautiful quote because it, you know, what is God made us for? He made us to know him, to love him, and to serve him on this earth, right? Yeah. And also, I think the other part of that is partakers of the divine nature. We can't play that down, right? Like, God wants to share himself with us fully, right? He that's wants big. us to have, to experience what we call the beatific vision, right? I don't, yeah. I, that's, a, that's a term where we, it's, all it means, basically, is when we see God for who he truly is. Yeah. And that's what happiness is. We'll fully, we'll be happy once we can finally see God who he truly is. Yeah, we're dwelling in the goodness of God. That line, particularly, partakers of the divine nature, is what St. Peter says. Second letter of St. Peter, right? Yeah, second in letter. New Testament, yeah. Correct. Yeah, so he says, we. Uh, this is it's by sharing in this divine nature that we share in the life of, of, of Christ, the life of God. Um, there's a cool little excerpt I read by uh, Jacques Philippe, right? Uh, yeah, On his time, time for God. Yeah. Great spiritual book. I highly recommend it to all. But there's a little excerpt in there that says, like, God knew... Um, that man would have this infinite longing. He created him that he way. He created man. He, he, right. So he placed in him these desires. Mm-hmm. And he also knew that man learns by his sensory... Um, sensory... Faculties. Mo- faculties. Right. 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 The only way we can come to know things is through our senses. Right. And so to a certain extent, it's good that Aristotle pointed out this finiteness, this um, wealth, pleasure, honor, power, and even contemplation being the highest forms of good. Yeah. Right? Because... Because they are they are they are necessary, right, to, to make the world go round. But at the same time, um, God also knew that the happiness doesn't lie in the finiteness of our sensations. So what does Christ do? Christ takes on the divine and human nature. Right. Right. He becomes visible. Right. And so he perfects the human nature. He takes on this limitedness into his own infiniteness. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah so he serves sense. he serves as so because so God we're made for God what we're saying we're made to become as saint peter says and as the catechism says partakers of the divine nature which means so which means being living in communion with god and with the church yeah and with the saints right this this is our destiny to live with god in communion in a loving communion contemplating the ultimate truth and the ultimate good which is god himself mm-hmm. but god's invisible god's inaccessible god's spiritual and we in our in our material and finite existence can only come to know things through our senses, through our five senses. And so what does God do in his great humility and in his great love love is he, he condescends. We say he condescends and he becomes one of us so that we can see him and touch him and hug him. And, and, and then eventually what do we do is we kill him. He comes so close (laughs) to us that we can kill him. Right. And then he uses oh that goodness. in our brokenness to, oh. and raises raises us and humanity to new life and ascends back to the. Freaking hyping me well, up, yeah, so, no, no, I'm, so getting, so, I'm getting so, hyped up. So that we can, so that we can, our humanity can now ascend to the Father to our ultimate happiness. Right, and while so Christ is not here like right now with us as a human being, but that's what the sacraments do for us right now. That's what Christ did. He left the sacraments behind. So when we participate in the sacraments in the church, now we're participating in Christ's saving passion. We're participating in what He did. To get us or to help us get to heaven, right? Well, he is. Yeah, we're in contact with his real presence mm-hmm. in the sacraments. There's right. A, one of my favorite lines in scripture I've reflected on since even before I got here. Yeah, it's something Saint Paul says. Saint Paul says, "In him, Christ, we move, live, and have our very being." Mm. I, I mean, I, I think about that and contemplate that quote all the time, because like that's what our ultimate end is: is to have our being rooted in the most stable the most eternal and infinite, happy, beautiful, 
God. That's, to that's live and, and move and have our being yeah, in him. And well, without him, we're nothing. Yeah. You know? So I think one of the other things that Aristotle was missing was this notion of communion, right? So Aristotle, his man who's happy is just this kind of, kind of this solitary man kind of contemplating the good and the true by yeah. himself. But that's not, that's not really, that's, that's not enough a, because the finite goods of this world are not yeah. enough to satisfy us, but B because we're also made for communion. We're also made to exist in this, um, dwell in the divine presence right. with others yeah. and with God, who is himself a communion of three persons. Mm. To, we're supposed to get kind of drawn up yeah. into this, the Trinitarian life of yeah. God and to become one with him in communion. And that's how we live and move and have our being. Yeah. But this is what I was thinking about is the fact that, so that's our ultimate destiny Correct. to live and move and have our being in eternity with the ultimate good, who is God and with this, with the, with the saints, with the church. Mm-hmm. Um, but that begins here now on earth, yeah. right? So we can, Aquinas draws this distinction between imperfect happiness, which can be attained in this life, and perfect happiness, mm-hmm. which is, can only be attained in the next life. And what's, so imperfect happiness, it might not sound as good as perfect happiness because by definition yeah. it's not, but it is still something. This, this divine life that we're destined to be drawn up into, it begins here right. on earth, Especially, it, it begins technically with baptism. Right. I was going to say that yeah. same thing. That's, that's a, but yeah, baptism, according to the catechism, is when eternal life begins. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of crazy if you think about it, right? Because we always think like, oh, once I die, I'll go to heaven and I'll be eternally happy with God. But it's like, no, when you know, you're baptized, it starts right there. That's the seed of eternal glory planted yeah. within you that you start participating in and that you can grow I'm in. I'm sweating. I'm so happy <laughs> throughout the rest of your life. This is freaking beautiful, dude. Um, oh my goodness. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's good stuff. Um, I, I, I thought that this, this other paragraph from the catechism would be a great way to kind of finish this, this episode because it kind of sums up, uh, what we're, what we kind of been talking about. And it's, it's the, it's, it's one of the first paragraphs in the catechism. And I think that'll become self-evident why that's the case after I read it. But it says the desire for God is written in the human heart because man is created by God and for God. And God never ceases to draw man to himself. Only in God will he find the truth and happiness he never stops searching for. I don't, I don't even know if I can add. Like we don't need to. The catechism does it, man. That's <laughs> no, why that's we like it. the catechism. You should just read the catechism. Yeah. I, that was a beautiful thought. That was beautiful. Good stuff. Well done. Thank you guys for this. This has been a great time. Yeah, that was fun. To all who uh, came into this episode and are tuning in, I really do appreciate y'all for listening. I hope y'all learned something as we ourselves have learned something. Um, And as always, God bless.